So I'm joined by Dr. Felicity Perry, who is Head of Communication and Engagement at the John Innes Centre. And uh, you're here at our Student and Early Career Scientist Conference, and you've just run an excellent workshop on, well, helping them to understand the importance of communicating science. So for me, I just wanted to ask a few questions about why it is important, I guess, for, for us as scientists to communicate our scientists, not science, not just to other scientists, but to the wider kind of general public. Yeah, um, thanks for saying nice things about the uh, workshop. It was I really like doing workshops like that. I think the students get loads out of it. Yeah, and lots of positive feedback. I guess let's start talking a little bit about your current role. What is it you do? And tell us a little bit about your kind of day to day. Yeah, so I um, have this job title of Head of Communications and Engagement. Um, and I have a small team that works at the John Innes Centre and the Sainsbury Laboratory. Um, and we do, basically, I like to describe it, anything to do with pictures and words. Mm -hmm. So um, we mostly just concentrate on doing press releases, our websites and social media channels, and internal comms. And then we also have a range of events that we run through the comms team, or we support our scientists or admin assistants to run events as well. So it's a really varied job. Um, every day is different. Mm -hmm. um, so it can range from an inquiry about compost, which happens <laughs> most days, yeah. uh, through to a gentleman arrived at the front desk with a bag of beans the other day. Um, so we found someone to take the beans, yeah. um, right through to journalists from the 10 o'clock news ringing up about a paper that's come out, um, or um, talking about someone who's won an award. And, and I guess it's it's helping people. So you're you're obviously involved in the communication side, but helping others to improve. Yeah. So maybe helping members on of your team to kind of learn and improve their own skills as so well. So it's for us because we are really small. There's something like 550 scientists and only five of us. Yeah. So our role is really to be the kind of point of contact to give them advice and to enable them to do more rather than us doing all the work. Mm -hmm. Having said that, when it comes to writing press releases. Um, tends to be that we end up doing it. Yeah. Um, scientists, some of them are brilliant at summarising their work mm -hmm. for a journalist, but I think that comes with a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. um, and having done it um, lots of times, we kind of know what we're doing. Um, and for us, it's a, always a balance between saying something that people want to listen to and the accuracy and um, not over-hyping what has happened, because yeah. most of the science that is done is incremental. Mm -hmm. um, we incrementally push the boundaries of what we know. Yeah. It's not very often that you have a big eureka moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, it's sort of, for us, it's crafting those into interesting narratives and using the people and the techniques and the skills behind those people that really build the color in mm. what science is about. And, and I guess, personally to you, why is it important that, that scientists communicate their work? Yeah, I think um, communicating, they. Um, we do it all the time and um, some people are good at talking and mm -hmm. some people are good at writing, mm -hmm. some people are good at convincing, some people are, are just really passionate and I think all of those things have a place. Um, scientists obviously need to talk to each other and to people who are sort of close by to science, so industry and government, um, but also more and more people are outside of the scientific or business world are interested in what we do as scientists and I think that's great. I think. The more support we get from wider audiences, the more government will see that what we're doing is important and the more funding we'll get to do more work. So for really it's a kind of win-win situation. 
So I think you learn a lot about your science by communicating it, but also I think by telling other people there are loads of things to gain. And the workshop, you had one of the activities we were looking at kind of storytelling, the importance, I guess, of storytelling. So can you just take us through a little bit about how we can use storytelling to communicate science? Yeah, it's really um, I'm not asking scientists to go on a flight of fancy and write a sci-fi novel. I, I just I feel like stories are underused as a technique to tap into the human brain. So we've always learned through stories and everyone knows what it's like to pick up a book that you can't put down. If we could just get 1% of that into our science communication, then we're going to be getting more people interested in science. And whether that's someone who's going to fund you to do your next project or a man in the street, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Are there any risks, I guess, to storytelling? I think, um, yeah, I think you can't go too far with it. You have to use the techniques within storytelling. So think about how the narrative flows and um, we've talked a lot in the workshop about words, so um, using the right words and not oversimplifying or um, adding it in too much hyperbole mm -hmm. into things, um, which us communicators love that, <laughs> trying to have yeah. a big splash about yeah. some great bit of science. But I think it all comes down to us understand, uh, us feeling really excited about the science. Mm. And we are, as I'll, I'm very aware that the scientist has to be happy with what we're saying about their work. So it's always a balance between coming up with this interesting story um, that is completely true and accurate and adding a bit of colour. But sometimes that colour comes from the people mm -hmm. or the places that people go and those hooks hook in different audiences. So mm. if you're a young kid and you see you know, a youngish, a youngish scientist who's a woman who looks a bit like you, mm -hmm. you're going to be much more inspired to understand what that is about and whether you could do that. Mm -hmm. And I think having those role models is really amazing. important. Yeah. yeah. So I guess let's finish on one bit of advice that you'd give to a PhD student or an early career scientist that they could take away from, I guess, our podcast on on what it is they could do to help communicate their science. I I think it's finding the thing that you're comfortable to do. And giving it a go because you'll never know until you do it and you're in a really um, great situation at the moment there's never been more things you could do mm. so all funders ask us to do some kind of engagement or some kind of public work so there's always events going on your university will have open days um, or you could go and talk to a local interest group um, I, I think my number one piece of uh, advice would just be go to meet your press office and introduce yourself and say this is what I'm doing and then if they have anything that comes in they might come to you and that makes it easy. Great well thanks for your time Felicity. No problem. And it's been lovely to have you at the conference and to run the workshop with the, the students. It's great to come back. Yeah thank you. Cheers.